Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. friend brother michael i'm doing pretty good how are you doing my brother yeah not too bad it's lovely to hear from you have you had a good week since we last spoke yes sure doing uh, pretty good. good this week i'm here drinking a cup of tea and uh excited to be here with you today uh, that's lovely i've i had a cup of tea about half hour ago <laughs> you know but i'm a, i'm a coffee fan really i don't mind tea when i'm thirsty but I like I like a nice flavoursome coffee. I love a good cappuccino oh. when I can buy one. Man, that's my favourite. Uh, the oh, only it's be- beautiful. A good cappuccino. The only reason I'm not drinking cappuccino now is because Mama's not here, and uh, all I'm not right. much of a cook. Okay. But I do have some iced tea in the refrigerator. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I try to. I, I, I used to. It's funny. My uh, my sister used to drink lemon tea, and she used to stick it in the freezer, and it was ice cold. Very, ref- very refreshing. <laughs> Lovely. My favorite you know? drink, though, is uh, is 
cappuccino. Uh, so oh, I love I love cappuccino. Brother. And funny enough, after we've done this show, I'm going to go to a cafe down the road. It's uh, a Greek cafe, and they make a lovely cappuccino. And you could uh, you could you could skateboard over the froth. It's so high at the top, you see. Brother, if the Lord opens the door for me to come over and visit you one day, then I want to take you out to that restaurant, and then uh, we need to go have some fish and chips while I'm there, too. Yeah, fi- yeah fish and chips as well. Yeah, that, that'd be wonderful. Or if the Lord or ever blesses me with the finances, wherever you're living, I can take a plane over there, wherever it is. Absolutely. Just and that'd be wonderful. Just don't let anybody try to feed us a haggis, and we'll be okay. No, I've never ate a haggis. I don't know what it's like. <laughs> But uh, I've never. But there is a dish in Scotland called neeps and tatties, which is very good. It's potatoes and turnips. Very nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's called neeps and tatties. (laughs) Let me write that down because I'm going to woe my son-in-law when I tell him about neeps and tatties. Ask him if he's had it. Neeps and tatties, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When when I've preached in Scotland, I've had it when I've gone up to Scotland, you know. Everybody, welcome aboard. Hello to Sister Maria, tuning in from London. She set her alarm clock. She was up late uh, tuning into last night's program. And uh, Amen. Folks, we're glad to be here with Pastor Michael Cummins. Brother Michael, you want to open us in prayer and then take it away? Certainly I will. Certainly I will. I'd like to say hello to Mary first. Thank you for coming on. Sandra, uh, for Christina and Ariana in uh, Australia. And the lady I spoke for, to yesterday from Portugal and please forgive me your name has completely left me but I'm going to pray now we're going to pray we're going to be preaching on the anointing today and we pray that the anointing comes down fantastically upon all of us and the anointing will break the yoke all pain all sickness all depression, all anxiety, all fear, anything that the enemy puts upon us, the anointing will shatter today. And we pray for all the listeners of Amiga Man Radio, if they're listening to this show or any show that Shannon puts on, we pray, Lord, that you will bless them all today. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome. Where are you tuning in from? Brother Michael, as you're getting started, give out your website address. How do people find you on the okay. web? Okay. If you, if you want to contact me, I've got a website address. It's called Frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, all one word, 123 at AOL.com. That's my website address. You can always contact me on that address. Fantastic. And we'll give that out again later. Brother Michael, yep. got all the time you want today. Take it away. Thank you very much. Today we're going to be talking about the anointing. What is the anointing and what does it do? Some Pentecostals and charismatic churches, when they preach regarding the anointing, ask for fresh and new anointing so they can experience more power, more healing and deliverance with the anointing. I have always believed that when the Holy Spirit is poured out on a person or a group or a congregation, it's up to us to use that anointing by topping it up by prayer, by fasting, by reading God's word and living the life Jesus wants us to live. Jesus wants you to live a humbling, humbling yourself before God. Hallelujah. 
If you lie, you backbite. If you have superficial humility, you give false testimonies, bear false witnesses, have pride, lustful thoughts, try to manipulate or control. You are not anointed or the anointing is being misused. You just believe your anointing. Your Christian walk is being controlled by the demonic and your behavior is preventing the anointing from operating successfully in your life. Hallelujah. And it matters not how much anointing oil is poured upon you. You need to make changes in your life to change you from being a churchgoer that is conformed to becoming an anointed, spirit-filled servant of Jesus Christ, able to cast out demons, lay hands on the sick, and lead souls to salvation. David knew the effects of sin on the anointing in his life and the damage that his own actions have done. Let's go to Psalm 51, verses 7 to 14. Hallelujah. And this is David himself speaking. And he said, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. And I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. David knew when he had committed the sin of adultery that he had offended God and he was very careful because let's be honest, if God decides to take the anointing away from us, we're in trouble. Let's have a look at Mark 16 verses 15 to 18, which is called the Great Commission. Jesus speaks again to those assembled in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And this is what he says. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. So we have to really be prepared to accept the anointing. We're going to speak again about John 16. And we're going to look at verse 7. So let's go to John 16, verse 7. Hallelujah. And these are some of the last words that Jesus spoke while he was in the earth. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. 
For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Hallelujah. Jesus is promising the Comforter to come. Let's have a look at Acts 1, verses 4 to 8. This is just before Jesus is taken up by the two angels who come down for him. Acts 1, verses 4 to 8. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit would anoint those in Jerusalem to take the good news of the gospel to all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and beyond into the ends of the earth. Now, that was the original anointing that came down by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that came in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did fall on people. The anointing did come upon individuals who was chosen particularly by God. But when Jesus was about to return and go up to the Father and be seated at the right hand of the Father, he promised that this anointing, this power would fall upon all. And the original reason for the power is what people would go and spread the gospel right to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, I'm always, I'm not angry, but I'm always peeved when I hear some people, they talk about the anointing and they want to use the anointing when it comes upon them. I've had people who claim they're anointed to heal, claim they're anointed to deliver, and they've never brought a single soul into the kingdom of God. They don't speak to people about becoming born again. They don't evangelize, but they want, if you like, the glory, the glory. They want the glory of being healing and deliverance ministers. I have to say to you, everyone I speak to, anyone who wants deliverance, who wants any form of prayer, I always check that they're born again. I always check whether they've backslidden. I always check whether they need to give their lives to Jesus again. I don't just do what I'm going to do. Salvation is what Jesus gave us the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do. One thing I tell you about the anointing, the anointing will give you courage to speak boldly, overcome objections and lead souls to Jesus. Now, the anointing will give you courage. We remember Peter, when Jesus was arrested and taken to Caiaphas, the high priest's house. And when the young damsel said, I know you, I've seen you with that man, I've seen you with Jesus. 
Peter fell about. If he, he just thought, I can't stand this. So he made out he didn't know Jesus. And as Jesus had prophesied, he denied Jesus three times. We remember on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down upon those believers after Jesus had been to heaven 40 days after Jesus had been crucified, Peter got courage. When the people suggested that when the gift of tongues fell upon the believers that they were drunk, Peter had the courage to stand up. You see, when the anointing falls upon you, you have the courage. Hallelujah. And the anointing will come down and it will give us the words that we need to be able to speak regarding Jesus if we're going out there and we're working in spreading the gospel. Hallelujah. The anointing will tell us about Jesus' life, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection and the end time, uh, to his end time return. In the Old Testament, in the law, God gave instructions for the making of sacred anointed oil. Let's have a look at Exodus 30, verses 22 to 31, and we'll read about this now. Hallelujah. We'll read about the making of the anointing oil. I don't know if you keep anointing oil in your own home. Uh, I think it's a good idea to keep anointing oil. We will talk about sickness later and how the anointing works with sickness. Exodus 30, verses 22 to 31. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and the sweet calamus, two hundred and fifty shekels, and of cassia, five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive oil, and hin. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy anointment, an ointment compound after the art of apocryphy. It shall be a holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table of all his vessels, and the candlestick and his vessels, and the altar of incense, an altar of burnt offering with its vessels, and the laver and his foot, and thou shalt anoint them, and they shall be most holy. Well, whosoever toucheth them, them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, and they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Hallelujah. And you can see that the priest at the time, Aaron, was anointed with this oil. And you've heard the, uh, the recipe of this anointing oil. And you can buy these 
wonderful anointing oils now. I buy Abba oil. I get it in London, but it comes via Israel and the United States. It's a wonderful oil. Hallelujah. And you can see that anointing oil brings a divine calling and it makes the vestures and everything in the temple holy. Let's have a look at 1 Samuel 10 verse 1 as we talk again about the anointing oil. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus we pray. We glorify his holy name. 1 Samuel 10 verse 1. When Samuel took a vial of oil, poured it upon his head, and kissed him and said, It is not because the Lord has anointed me to be captain over his inheritance. And that's regarding Samuel anointing Saul. And we all know that uh, if we go down to verse 6, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. So in other words, you will be turned into a holy man. You will be anointed and blessed. Now we know Saul, unfortunately, he let God down badly. He disobeyed God in many ways. And God took the anointing away from him. And all of us must pray today, especially those who are in ministry, that the most terrible thing can happen to us on the earth is God takes his anointing away from us. Could you imagine if we're not living right lives before the Lord and someone says, I have a demon, will you pray for me? And you pray for that demon and the demon laughs at you and says, who are you? Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Your heart would melt in your body and you would be destroyed. Let's have a look at 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. Hallelujah. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We'll go on to read this now. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God trouble, troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are set before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player of a harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon me, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And that tells us the story that Samuel the prophet has anointed David to be the new king over Israel. And so, because of his arrogance, his pride, his disobedience to God. The anointing has left him. The Holy Spirit has left him. Now you notice if that happens to you, that the anointing is taken away, an evil spirit or a demon will take advantage of that situation immediately and move into life. Irrespective of your position, whoever you are, 
You can be a pastor of the church. But if you live a, a certain lifestyle and disobey God and do evil, you may still have the authority in that church, but an evil spirit will enter you and you will start having problems. Hallelujah. So it tells us the scriptures we've just read about the spirit of the Lord leaving Saul forever. And he was then filled with an evil spirit that tormented him. And David, who was an anointed harp player, who had been anointed and was anointed in all he does, skillfully played the harp to subdue the evil spirit that came upon Saul. Hallelujah. Now, are there people out there who have lost the anointing? I'm sure there are. I'm sure that you may meet them. Some die, sometime that you will meet these guys. First Samuel 16. Let's uh, let's verse 16 to 19. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player of the harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon me, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me with a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of his servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in plain, and is a mighty, valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, that is with the sheep. Hallelujah. Now, even though Saul became a, an enemy of David and hated David and pursued David and tried to kill David, do you notice David, the anointing, he was still respecting Saul. He didn't say a word against Saul. And even though God had sent that evil spirit to Saul, David was willing to play the harp. You see, the word of God says in Isaiah 61 that he has given you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And that praise came about from David playing the harp, and it subdued the evil spirit. One of the best things you can do if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling heavy, is to put on praise and worship and sing along to it. You'll find your spirits will be lifted. You see, the mistakes many Christians make is this. When they are filled with the anointing, they then try to decide what part of ministry they want God to lead them to. They don't ask God. They say, oh, I believe I should be a deliverance minister. I believe I should be a healing minister. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit many years ago, I was immediately led to be a deliverance minister. I didn't ask to be led. I was immediately led. That afternoon I was filled. By the end of the evening, I had done my first deliverance. And I knew it was from God. I knew it was from God. 
But I believe the anointing that I have is to be used to lead the lost to the kingdom, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. If you believe you are anointed but only wish to lay hands or pray for the sick and never lead a soul to salvation, I believe you're misusing the anointing. And you may lose it, or it might become of limited effect to you. The anointing is powerful, and it will break every yoke that comes against a believer. And many believers in these end times are under so much stress and anxiety for the devil. I spoke to a young lady today, a young lady who rung me last week, and she had terrible torment from devils. Now, in, in the past, she had been involved in Hinduism. She had been involved in yoga, and she had been involved in Eastern traditions. And demons uh, entered her, and unfortunately, uh, she was put on antipsychotic medication, and she's never been able to give it up. And just now, attacks have become so vicious that she's had to go back in a psychiatric hospital. And I prayed for her this morning before she went back in. And you see, when the anointing comes, you have the authority and the power, not your authority or your power, but Jesus Christ and God's authority. Hallelujah. The anointing is for those who submit to God through Jesus Christ and are willing to do what God calls them to do. Not for those who wish to impose their authority on others. You do not have to be an elder or a pastor to be anointed. Anointing does not always mean a literal anointing with oil. God may call someone anointed who has been called to do a particular mission or task for God. God called Cyrus, the king of the Persians, to subdue nations God wanted to subdue. Let's have a look at Isaiah 45, verses 1 to 3. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I hope you're understanding the anointing. I want every Christian to be anointed, and I believe that every Christian who has given his life to Jesus, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, can be anointed if they want to. What they have to do is take their hand off the situation and leave it totally to God. There we go. Isaiah 45, verses 1 to 3. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaf gates, and the gates shall not be shut. And I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou may knowest that I am the Lord, which call thee by thy name, and the God of Israel. Hallelujah. So you see, 
Cyrus wasn't a Hebrew. He wasn't Jewish. But God decided to use him to subdue other nations around Israel. Jesus himself was described as the anointed. And Jesus was set aside as the ultimate servant of God. Let's look at Matthew 3, verses 3 to 17. Hallelujah. Matthew 3, verses 3 Verses 13 to 17, forgive me if I said that wrong. In the name of Jesus, we pray. You see, the anointing will break any yoke. Any problem there is, the anointing will break. Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You see, Jesus was anointed to deal with Satan. And after his baptism, as you know, he went to the wilderness to be tested by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And you see, Jesus overcome because Jesus was the anointed one. He could raise people from the dead. He could heal the sick. He could cast out devils. And he could do all sorts of miracles. And you see... When the anointing fell on those who supported Jesus, those who worshipped Jesus, those who believed in Jesus, they could do the same things also. Let's have a look at Acts 10, verses 38 to 40. Acts 10, 38 to 40. Hallelujah, we pray. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. So Jesus is the anointed one. Once you are baptized in water and declare that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing you receive is real. It's a real anointing. You know, people, if they fake the anointing, pretend they're anointing, anointed when they're not, it's pretty easy to catch them out. You just have to watch them. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Let's have a look at 1 John 2, verse 27. It says, 
But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. So the anointing is a gift from God. Anointing the sick with oil. We do anoint the sick with oil. It's a biblical thing that we are given authority to do. Let's have a look at the book of James. The book of James will teach us about the anointing. Hallelujah. In the name of Christ we pray. Let's have a look at James 5 verses I'm going to read 13 to 16. And I'm going to include 17 in that. Is any amongst you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick amongst you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. It goes on to say, confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Isaiah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Verse 18, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth a fruit. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Verses 19 to 20, I'll include. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way, shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Now, this is a fantastic group of scriptures here. It says, any sick amongst you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, what oil should you use? I've used many oils and I have, chosen to stay with one oil oil of hyssop and you know in Psalm 51 it says purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow so I use oil of hyssop there's lots of other oils lily the valley oil rose of Sharon oil lots of other oils but I choose that one and I like this is any sick amongst you let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, I believe that if any elder of the church comes to pray for the sick, they should anoint him with oil. They should not lay hands on him and just pray. And they should anoint him with oil because it speaks it in the name of James. And it says, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. So as you pour the oil on his head, 
or you mark his forehead with oil, you say, I anoint you, whatever your name is, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. That's a promise from the Lord, that if we do that, if we anoint the sick with oil, that the prayer of faith shall raise the sick. Hallelujah. And this is a fantastic thing. And it says here, and he we have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. What a right double blessing that will be. Not only are you raised up and you're not sick, but your sins are forgiven you as well. Hallelujah. So you can say to that person, if he comes forward and he's sick, you can say to that man, do you have any sins you wish to repent in the presence of the Lord? And get him to confess those sins. Anoint him with oil. The prayer of faith shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they'll, they'll be forgiven him. Verse 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And it says here, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. I was listening early this morning to Transworld Radio, and I was listening to Chuck Swindell preach. And he said a story of some students in England, uh, must have been at the turn of the century or that time, round about, you know, 1910 or something like that. And they came to London to the Baptist Tabernacle to see Charles Haddon Spurgeon preach. And they were outside and it was a very cold night. And an old man came up to him and said, you know, what are you waiting for? And he said, we're waiting for the church to open. And he said, would you like to see the church's heating? And they thought, well, we're not really interested, but it will get us in out of the cold. And he took them down some stairs. He unlocked a door and took them into the basement of the church. And lo and behold, there were 700 people on their knees praying in that church at that time. And that was the church's heating. That was the thing that was bringing power and warmth to the church. Chuck Swindell said that today. And it shows you how powerful the fervent, effectual prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. We praise the name of the Lord. And let's have a look at First Chronicles 16, verse 22. First Chronicles 16, verse 22. Hallelujah. And we'll read this now in the name of Jesus. I think that's a wonderful uh, story of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was a mighty man of God, so powerful. I actually used to preach in a Baptist church in Croydon, just south of London, on Friday night. And the stone, the foundation stone there, was laid by Charles Haddon uh, Spurgeon. And it made me go all, when I looked at it, I thought, wow, I'm in the presence of a real great piece of history. There we go. First Chronicles 16, verses 22, saying, 
touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. When I went to the church, I currently pastor. The people didn't like me at all. Uh, they had had an elder who had run the church for seven years. Uh, they couldn't keep a pastor. Uh, they couldn't keep a pastor because they treated him very bad. And they had become used to having their own ways. It was all about coffee mornings, all about a social side. And the first time I preached on a Sunday, I preached for an hour and a half, and they all complained about the length of the time it took me to deliver the gospel. And when they spoke to me, I said, well, you're lucky. I'm used to preaching four hours at a time. And when I used to go to large Pentecostal churches in London, with with four or five hundred uh, congregation. I used to preach for up to four hours. I had one service where I was so full of the anointing that I laid hands on a hundred people and anointed them all with oil after the service, those who were sick and those who had demons. So, you know, uh, they did touch the anointing. They said bad things against me. They criticized me badly. They said bad things about my wife. And it was a very, very bad thing. And really, if your pastor is anointed, but you don't like him or you don't like things about him, you should be very careful what you say. You shouldn't slag him off and criticize him. Because what you're criticizing, you're criticizing his anointing. And that comes from God. So you be very careful. We reiterate this if we go on to Psalm 105, verse 15. Psalm 105, verse 15. It says the same thing. We have to be very, very careful not to stand against God's anointing. You see, it may be a personal thing you don't like about this man. You may not like his accent. I remember when I was part of the Anglican Church, you know, I remember I was never asked to do a reading. And I believe I was never asked to do a reading because of my accent. Everyone who did the reading in the church used to speak what we call posh in England. And I was never asked to do a reading. That was because of my accent. And of course, people have these prejudices. But if a man is anointed and man lays hands on the sick and they recover, a man casts out demons, you should be very careful what you said. And I've had to address this situation in my own church. And I called the elder in and I read the riot act to him. And I read the riot act to another woman in the church who uh, openly said to other members of the congregation, I wish he would shut up, meaning me, he talks too much. And I had to deal with things like that. I'm sure it's common in many churches. Psalm 105, verse 15, saying, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You have to be very careful. Uh, do you remember Saul of Tarsus? Before he was the Apostle Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. He used to go after Christians. He used to go after them openly. He used to kick down the doors of their houses with, uh, I suppose you could call the religious police of the time, working for the uh, Sanhedrin, working for the scribes and the Pharisees. <coughs> People were arrested tormented and all sorts of things and we know he persecuted God's anointing and
and assisted in the stoning, the death of the first Christian martyr, Stephen. Now, Stephen was an anointed man. He wasn't just an ordinary person. He was an anointed man. And when those wished to stone him to death, Saul of Tarsus held their coats and looked after their coats while they did it. And remember, he was blinded by God on the road to Damascus. And thank God, thank God for his mercy, because even though, even though, he was a Roman citizen and he was a, a Jew. God decided to use him. He blinded him on the road to Damascus and he was led uh, to, by Ananias who laid his hands on him and his sight was restored. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's read about this in Acts 9, hallelujah, verses 10 to 20 quite a long scripture but I think we all we all need to read it Acts 9 verses 10 to 20 and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias and him said the Lord in a vision Ananias Ananias and he said behold I am here Lord and the Lord said unto him arise and go into the street which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he prayeth and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Aeneas went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appearest unto thee in the way as thou camest hath sent thee that thou might receive thy sight be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes as if it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and he was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were in Damascus, and straightway he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. You see what the anointing done to Saul. You see what it done to him. It is incredible what happened. That this man was persecuting Christians, persecuting believers. And he didn't care if they died. He didn't care if the torture they received would end their lives. But all that, God decided to use him. God decided to use him because he was an influential man and he was a powerful man. 
And when he received his sight and he is filled with the Holy Spirit, he is going into the synagogues. He's going into places which are very, very uh, dangerous places to preach the name of Jesus. And he's going in there and he's saying that Jesus is Lord. He is the Son of God. Hallelujah. So it shows you what the anointing will do in the name of Jesus. Let's go to Isaiah 10 and let's have a look at verse 24 and verse 27. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwelleth in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall smite thee with a rod and shall lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt. The promise of God, the anointing will come upon the Assyrians and he will smite them the same way that the Egyptians were smited. Hallelujah. Verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that the burden shall be taken away from thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So any yoke that comes upon us, the Satan puts upon us, the yoke, the anointing shall destroy it. And you see, God is saying, the Assyrians, I will smite them. You will not be slaves any longer. You will not be slaves. I will deal with them. Hallelujah. Verse 25, Isaiah 10, verse 25, says, For yet a little while, and the indignation shall cease, and mine anger in their destruction. He's delivering the people. The anointing is powerful. Let's go a bit further down Isaiah and see one of the most famous scriptures ever read anywhere in the Bible. Let's read it now, Isaiah 61. And read what it says. Jesus, remember, is the anointed one. The Christ is the anointed one. He is the anointed servant of God. Hallelujah. Let's read what it says, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Hallelujah. And thee, he has said this, I am the anointed one. Let's read a bit more. And it says, to appoint unto them that mourn, verse 3, in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that thy may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And that is said 800 years before the birth of Jesus. It shows you what anointing that is. And Jesus himself, when he goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, 
Jesus says this, Luke 4, verses 17 to 21. But I want to tell you, when I was in Israel, when I married Janice, my wife, we went to Israel for our honeymoon in 1997. And when we went there, uh, we was with a tour, and that day we was going to Nazareth, and we went in an ancient synagogue in Nazareth. And when I woke up that morning, we was actually, staying in Bethlehem and the faithful were going to prayer, the Muslims and all the streets, I looked out the balcony window and it was crammed with Muslims going to the mosque to pray and I started saying the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me, I spoke these words not on my own but I believe the Holy Spirit was telling me and we got the coach and we went to Nazareth that day and we was in the synagogue and the tour guide who was an Anglican vicar said who wants to read the gospel today who wants to read the word of God and usually he had his own tour party people who come from him and they put their hands up in the air and they said oh let me read it let me read it it was like kids when a teacher says who wants to read today they all put their hand up and for some reason he passed the bible to me and he said it's marked in the place that you shall read. And this is what I read. Hallelujah. This is what I read. I read. And there delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your sight hallelujah and that happened to me that happened to me when i went to nazareth for the day and everybody just stood and watched with astonishment that all that had happened in the day jesus was anointed with spikenard or the days leading up to his crucifixion Spikenard was very expensive. They say it originally came from India. Let's have a look at Mark 14, verses 3 to 9. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. Hallelujah. And it says... And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever you will, you will may do them good. But me you have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come 
beforehand to anoint my body for the burying. Verily I say unto you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of as a memorial to her. Hallelujah. That's what she did when she anointed Jesus. She anointed him. That was a special anointing. Let's have a look at John 12, verses 3 to 8, that speaks of this special anointing. John 12, verses 3 to 8. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odour of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put within. Let her alone, then Jesus said. Against the day of my burying have she done this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me you do not have always. Many people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had risen from the dead. Hallelujah. This is a special anointing. Hallelujah. Special anointing. Now, I want to do one thing if uh, I've got time. I've overcome a little. I want to read about the day of Pentecost. I want us to read this because this is important on the day of Pentecost, what actually happened and how the anointing operated on the day of Pentecost. So I'm going to read Acts 2. I'm going to read all of it, Acts 2, verses 1 to 21. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation unto heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Parthians, Medites, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, in Judea and Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Panthalia, in Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These are full of new wine. These men are full of new wine. Forgive me. 
But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapours of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming and great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the Lord shall be saved. And you can see what happened on the day of Pentecost. Let's go back. Verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. You can't prophesy without the anointing. Your young men shall see visions. Can't do that without the anointing. Your old men shall dream dreams. Well, we can all dream. We're not talking about sexual dreams, demonic dreams. We would dream about the times to come. We would dream about the end times and the return of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, we know as we go on to read the Acts of the Apostles, if we go to uh, Acts 3, a lame man healed. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. In the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Alms was a bit like in the Catholic Church, lighting the candle. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I give, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle received strength. And he leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. So you can see the anointing has gone to work straight away after Jesus has gone to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. I pray for you all now that if any of you were born again, and you've never received the anointing, I pray that the anointing will fall upon you all now. It will fill you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. And whatever the Holy Spirit gives you to do, you will do diligently. You will not be frightened. You will not be timid. 
We pray the anointing will break the yoke of timidity and fear and give you courage immediately to do what God wants you to do. And we pray listening to this program today will be people who will lay hands on the sick, anoint them with oil, and healing will come. They are listening to this program today, those that will stand against Satan, and they will cast him out from the poor afflicted persons whose life he is making a misery. And we pray now that there will be readers who can really read the word of God and express themselves beautifully, and they will lead others to salvation. We pray the anointing will fall upon you all today, whatever nation you are in, whatever country you are in, and you will be blessed, for the anointing will break every yoke. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you all, and I look forward already to being with you next Wednesday. Amen. Amen. Brother, likewise, uh, what an honor it is to be with you every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Thank you. Folks, uh, if you're coming in late, I'm going to have this up in the archive momentarily. Brother Michael, what shall we title this for the archive today? Uh, what is the anointing? Awesome. Now, Brother Michael, I want you to give out your contact information. How do people reach yes. you, and how can they support your ministry? Well, certainly, if you want to ring me, if you want, uh, if you want prayer, uh, please feel free to ring me on uh, 07469-235351 uh, or you can contact me on Frame Cummings, one word, 123 at AOL.com and uh, if you want prayer, we can pray over Skype. Uh, it's very successful. I know it's not person to person as being in the same room, but Skype's the next best thing. So if you want prayer on Skype, I'll be happy to pray for you. If you wish to support the ministry, if you go to framecummings123 aol.com, I do have a PayPal account, and it would be lovely if you could support me. Uh, the church is in London, North West 6, uh, Kilburn Christian Fellowship. Please look online. A lot of people now, I know Sandra is looking at my old preaching on online on the church website. Please feel free to do so. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Amen. I say amen to that. My friend, you want to close us in prayer today? Certainly. Dear Lord God, in the name of Jesus, please anoint and bless your people today. We know before Jesus comes, we have a mighty battle against the forces of darkness and Satan. And Lord God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Anoint your people today to take their their stand against Satan. Anoint them in the churches. Anoint them in their homes. Anoint all the people who listen to Amiga Man Radio. And we pray now, Lord, that you will bless them all in the name of Jesus and fill them all with a powerful anointing so they can take their stand against Satan and all that is evil. And we pray this today in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I say amen to that. Brother Michael, we love and appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bye bless bye. you, my friend. That was a powerful broadcast. Good news, everybody. I've got all the shows we did through last night 
which is uh, still today my my time, uh, uploaded for you. Got them on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Blog Talk, and that should feed all the channels out there. I'll get this one uploaded for you, and then um, we're going to see you tonight. There's something going on uh, with my internet still, and a couple pages, including my own website I'm having difficulty getting into right now. Hopefully it'll resolve in a few hours, because I want to update the schedule there. Thank you for tuning in. Friends, I need your help. Go over and subscribe to my YouTube channels if you have not done so already. If you have, please share them with someone and ask them to come and check us out. We're trying to grow the channel again. And for the first time in a very long time, maybe years, um, I feel motivated again to invest some energy to build back up the YouTube channel. You know, having lost five already, uh, just knocks the wind out of yourselves. But we've got a system that seems to work right now where we can uh, put most of our shows into YouTube. Most of them will be safe. Uh, some I can't because of what we talk about. And I think we can keep that channel alive. I'm talking about my YouTube channel. Now go to my website, megamanradio.com, and from there you'll find links to both the podcast and the TV program we do. And uh, hope you'll subscribe. We're trying to get a thousand subscribers. <laughs> it's not too many we're asking for, but um, we're having a tough time. And you know, I got to do a lot of work on that YouTube channel. In fact, um, start putting tags on it, maybe go into thumbnails again. And uh, here we are. Anyway, um, let's do it together. Love you all, folks. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless you in Jesus' name.